Are you tired of undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking? Well, I have some good news for you. I put together a free course for women web designers who want to make more money without overworking. Just go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course or click on the link in the show notes of this episode to get instant access. And since you love podcasts, when you sign up, you'll have the option to get the entire free course instantly in a podcast feed so that you can listen on the go. So if it feels like you've been working 24-7 but not making as much as you want, go get that free course right now at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course. Hey there, welcome to today's episode of the Profitable Web Designer podcast where I'm going to be talking about how to negotiate the price for web design. Welcome to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast, where we're all about helping extraordinary web designers like you to stop undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking, and finally create the profitable, sustainable, and scalable web design business you've been dreaming of. I'm your host, Shannon Mattern, founder of the Web Designer Academy, where we teach the business side of running a web design business. So if you want to make a consistent full-time income as a web designer, but you're struggling with things like pricing and boundaries and mindset and marketing and you're just tired of going it alone, well, my friend, you're in the right place. So if you're anything like me, when you think of negotiation, you're probably like, oh, I hate negotiating. It's the worst. (laughs) So negotiation has always just felt so fake and disingenuous to me. Like when you're offered a job with a specific salary and then you know to make a counteroffer for a way higher salary than what you expect them to pay and then they just meet you in the middle. Like if you were going to pay me that much, why not just lead with it? Or when you go to buy a car and you make an offer that's way lower than what you think they'll accept and then they come down on their price to meet you in the the middle. Like if that was going to be your price why not just have it be your price, okay? It always feels like two selfish people trying to make as much as they can for themselves, right? At least that has been my experience of what negotiation has been, where like the buyer wants to walk away feeling like they quote unquote got a good deal and the seller wants to walk away feeling like they got a good deal or like they made more money than you know they anticipated. And that's why we hate negotiation as a seller, right? Because we know this dance. We've danced it a million times. So after having a long conversation with your web design client about what they're looking for and all these bells and whistles that they think would be really cool, and then you ask, well, what's your budget for this project? And then your potential client says, I don't know about how much do you think it'll cost because they don't want to reveal their cards. They don't want to share how much they might be willing to pay because maybe just maybe if they don't say anything, the number that you say will be lower than the number they were thinking and then they will feel like they got a good deal. And you feeling put on the spot with all your imposter syndrome raging on one hand and on the other hand, you know you're smart and nothing that they're asking for sounds too crazy and not having taken the time to really think about all the time and complexity and planning involved, you throw out a number that feels comfortable enough for you to say out loud, one that you think the client couldn't possibly negotiate because you think it's so fair in your 30-second mental analysis of everything the client has asked you for so far. And then inevitably, they say, oh, I don't know, that's outside of my budget right now, as if your price was shockingly high, even if they had zero frame of reference 
before this conversation for what a project like theirs would cost. (laughs) And then your mind is going crazy. Like, I knew it. I knew my price was too high. I knew they weren't going to be able to afford it. And I really, really, really need this client. So you take the next step in the dance and you throw out a lower number, but you're no fool. You're not going to be taken advantage of. So you're not going to do everything you proposed at that same price. So you say, so what I can do is this, 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 and this, and I can do this for a lower price than I just said. And then we can take this other piece out and do that as a phase two later on down the road. How does that sound? And then maybe the client agrees. Maybe they push back and try to get more at a lower price. But however this scenario shakes out, you have both lost. Please hear me when I say this. However this shakes out, it is not a win-win. Yes, you got a client. And yes, the client's getting a website at a steal of a price. But at the end of the day, you both had to give something up to get it. And what each of you gave up isn't what you think you gave up. You didn't give up money and the client didn't give up features. You both gave up the immense additional value that could have been created had you both approached this entire conversation with an investment mindset rather than an expense mindset. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you got to go watch my Profitable Pricing Framework training at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash pricing where I break down what an expense mindset is and how it keeps you undercharging and over-delivering and how to cultivate an investment mindset that helps you shift out of working with expense-minded clients to attract investment-minded clients willing and happy to pay five times more than the people you've been attracting up until now. So one of the things that I hear over and over and over again from web designers who apply to work with us is that they hate negotiating or that they want to get better at it. And it got me thinking about like way back in the day when I was at my day job, our office was unionized. And I mean, I was in marketing IT and IT. It's pretty rare for a white collar office environment to have a labor union. But one of the things that my organization did was negotiate and enforce labor union contracts in the healthcare sector. And so the like 20 employees or so that worked in that department had voted back in the heyday of unions to form a union at our white collar administrative office as well. So at about one year into this job, (laughs) I was there for 10 years. I was still pretty young. I was probably 25 years old. The vice president of our staff employees union, like that position opened up and the president of the union recruited me because I was like a model employee, right? A people pleaser, the good girl, you know, like I followed the prescription that like you have to follow all the rules and say yes to everything and be a good employee and a good girl to succeed in life and all that. Management liked me, of course. (laughs) Like I was a straight A student employee and contract negotiations were coming up. And he told me, all you have to do is sit there at the table and take notes and run the show because our bylaws said that two people had to be at the table for each side. (laughs) Okay. So I said, yes. And it was an eye-opening experience, let me tell you what. So just talk about two parties sitting across the table from each other, trying to take as much as they can for themselves, like just to claim the win, like politically just to claim the win. Like we on our side had a list of things we really didn't care that much about, but we would fight for them tooth and nail to get concessions from management on other things, but we didn't want them to think that those other things were that important to us. 
so that they couldn't use them against us as leverage. And then (laughs) just, it was ridiculous. I was like, seriously, this is like what happens? And then later on in my time there, I was on the management side of the table. And I saw the same thing happening from the other side of the table, from the management side. Like nobody trusted anybody. Nobody was honest. Everybody kept their cards so close to the vest, their vest. Like what a mess. And I, being very naive back then, regardless of what side of the table I had been sitting on, because earlier in my career, I was in the employee union. Later on, I was in on the management side. I would try to get the two sides to like come together for the greater good. And I was told I was naive. And I was told that if I gave an inch that we'd take a mile. And I was told that the power balance would get skewed if we gave up on this and all of this stuff. So my experience at that job was one of the big reasons that I started my freelance web design business. I just did not thrive in a cutthroat office politics type of environment like that. And so near the end of my time there, we got a new CEO. And she brought with her a whole new negotiating strategy to the table. And it's one that I was like researching it for this podcast episode because I was trying to figure out like, where did this come from? What is the history of it? And it's a strategy that's been taught at like all the fancy business schools, right? And well, if it was taught at fancy business schools, like it must be good, right? But, (laughs) But anyway... Just before our next set of contract negotiations were about to start, she brought in an outside consultant to teach both sides about the strategy. And then if both sides agreed to it, it's the strategy that we'd follow for our contract negotiations. And you guys, this was just absolutely fascinating. It blew my mind wide open. It was like nothing I had ever heard or experienced before because you know, for eight years up until then, I've just been sitting on one side or the other of this like really toxic like negotiation strategy. So I'm going to explain this concept to you as best I can through a podcast. But there's also a diagram in the show notes on our website. If you want to see it, you can go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash 008 to go to the show notes for this episode where we have embedded this diagram, but it's pretty simple. So imagine you've taken a piece of paper and you've drawn a vertical line down the middle and a horizontal line through the center. And now it's like a big plus sign. It's four quadrants on this piece of paper. And the left side is us. So like the left side of this quadrant represents us and our objectives and our goals along a continuum. And the bottom of this quadrant is our clients and their objectives and their goals on a continuum. So meaning the farther you go up the left side of the continuum, the closer you are to your objectives, but the farther away you are from your client's objectives, right? Because there's go from left to right across the bottom. And on the flip side, the farther right you travel across the bottom, the farther away you are from your objectives and the closer that you are to your clients, which is typically what ends up happening in traditional negotiations. So imagine that in the top left corner of this square of, you know, four areas are the words win-lose. The top right are win-win. The bottom left is lose-lose and the bottom right is lose-win. So as you, like if you're both in the bottom left corner, it's a lose-lose situation. 
If you're both in the top right corner, it's a win-win. And then if you're in the top left corner, it's win-lose on your side. And if you're in the bottom right corner, it's lose-win on their side, right? So I have this diagram on our website so you can go look at it so you can like see what I'm talking about. But this is how expense-minded people, people who never think there's enough, that if they spend it, that it's gone forever. Or on the flip side, if you're the one that's like receiving money and you're like, you think that you're taking it from someone else and it's gone from them forever and that there's only so much to grow around. So I better make sure I get my share. That's how expense-minded people approach a negotiation. That could be expense-minded service providers and expense-minded clients. That's how they approach it. That there's either a lose-lose, a win-win, a win-lose, or a lose-win, right? So in the scenario I just described with a web design price negotiation, your client may have walked away feeling like they won. And you may have walked away feeling like you won in certain situations. But did either of you really win? Neither of you really got what you wanted. <laughs> like, And you might be thinking, okay, Shannon, but what about the win-win square? Isn't that what we should be going for? Where I feel good about my price and the client feels good about what they're getting for my price? Like, How do we make the win-win square happen? And That's what everybody else who's teaching you about pricing your services is going for, right? The win-win. They tell you to charge your worth, right? I mean, you've invested your time and your money and your energy into learning this valuable skill, they say. You've made a drool-worthy portfolio. I mean, clients should want that, right? You'll make them look like a million bucks. You're worth charging that much, right? You win, they win. And it sounds good on the face of it, but like, what if there was another way? So I always talk about how in the Web Designer Academy, we are not even playing on the same field that everyone else is playing on. And those four squares I just described, that's basically the field that everyone else is playing on. So back to that boardroom at my old day job, circa 2015, where I'd started this freelance web design side hustle a couple of years before, had no idea how much to charge, how not to lose at negotiating, how to set and hold boundaries. And I had decided that working for clients was way worse than this day job because my business was a hot mess. And so by this point, I had stopped working with my clients altogether. And I'd started teaching people how to DIY and earn affiliate commissions off the back end of my free WordPress tutorials, which is a story I will tell you another time, I promise. But I'm sitting there at that negotiation table, listening to this consultant present about this totally different way of thinking about negotiating. And I'm like, completely blown away. And at the time, I didn't see its significance beyond thinking something like, if this is how my day job could actually operate going forward, I might want to stay here. But now I see the significance as this strategy is how you can start playing on a completely different field than everyone else. And let me tell you, it makes everything way more fulfilling and sustainable and enjoyable, right? So what most people don't think about when entering into any kind of negotiation is the value of what both sides can create when they work together and collaborate that neither could create on their own without the other. So instead of both sides being claimers, trying to mask what they really want so that it can't be used against them so that they can take as much of what they see on the the table for themselves as possible. So you being the web designer who wants to make sure I'm charging what I'm worth and I'm getting paid for my value and the client being like, I want to make sure I get everything I want at the lowest price possible. Instead of 
you each trying to claim for yourselves in this negotiation strategy, you become a creator, meaning how can the two of us come together to create more than what we see on the table right now? Okay. And this is why when people tell me, I can't charge that much because this client could do it themselves. Web design is so easy. I learned how to do it myself. Why couldn't they learn how to do it themselves? Like you're missing the point of when you're coming together to collaborate and do this thing together, you two can create way more value together than you can separately. So imagine that quadrant again. But instead of landing in any one of those four squares, the win-win, the lose-lose, the win-lose, the lose-win, imagine a diagonal arrow that starts at the bottom left, goes all the way through the lose-lose box in the bottom left, up through the win-win box at the top right, and stops on a star way out there and up to the right of the top right win-win square. Because the alchemy of coming together to collaborate and put all your cards on the table actually created more value for each of you than what each of you brought to the table, okay? And that alchemy comes from you stopping thinking that you're building a website to order and that you're building a tool that creates opportunities for your clients that they may not have known were possible for them. So instead of you thinking things like, my skills are worth this and I should be able to charge what I'm worth and I only want to work with people who value me, you start thinking, When someone decides to work with me, I go all in on creating a solution that's going to help them get what they really want. And what they really want is not a website. It's what the website, when they use it properly, will help them create, which is a return on their investment with me, either in more money or more time or both. So when I'm all in on that, giving them the best tool possible so that they can create a return on their investment, that means I'm not overworking. I'm not overloaded with other clients because I'm undercharging everyone. I'm not overscheduling and making this project take longer than it needs to because I have too many other clients, which delays this client's results. I'm charging what I need to charge in order to be able to deliver the level of service to them that's going to allow us to co-create this outcome that's way up and over here past win-win, well beyond what either of us could have created on our own or what my client could have gotten if they were just going for the win-win because they don't know what they don't know. And I'm charging enough that my client's committed to seeing this through all the way to the end. So it's no longer a negotiation. It is a collaboration. It is a relationship built on trust and honesty and having each other's best interests in mind because you both know that more value is created for both of you from that place. So your client walks away with an asset that helps them generate revenue for their business without them having to physically be there to do it. You get to do more fulfilling work with less clients and have more time for all the reasons that you wanted to run your own business in the first place. More time with your kids, your family, for travel, for adventure, to focus on your health and fitness, hobbies, whatever you want, because you are the one who gets to decide all of it. And then the conversation about price becomes a completely different conversation when you approach it as a creator rather than a claimer. You stop talking about deliverables and price and you start talking about results and return on investment. And then you present options for the client to work with you so that they can make an empowered choice for how they want to work with you, not if they want to work with you. So one of our Web Designer Academy students recently shared 
on one of our calls that she booked a new premium client after going into their office to meet with their team and just like nerding out, as she put it, about their business and all the possibilities and opportunities she saw for them. She wasn't selling. Like she was literally just like being passionate and she didn't know it at the time, but she was approaching that conversation from a creator mindset. Like, what can we create together? rather than a claimer mindset. Like, I need to figure out everything they want and make sure I'm going to get paid fairly for it, right? So after learning that value creation negotiation strategy at my day job and like going through that negotiation process under like through the lens of that strategy under new leadership, it was kind of awesome. And I actually did stay at my job for two more years while I grew my side hustle up. And I learned so many things in those past two years that like, now, 10 years later, which I can't believe it's almost 10 years later, that are coming to fruition and really, really valuable in, in this business. Because my new boss embodied that creator mindset. When I told her that I had started a side hustle and that it was my intention to take it full-time and quit, I was coming from a claimer mindset. Like, There's a finite amount of time and I don't want to give any of it to this company anymore. <laughs> she told me that I had her full support She wanted me to go all in on my business and stay with the company as long as I wanted because everything I was learning as as in growing my company was, in her opinion, me investing in my professional development and it could only benefit both of us. It kind of broke my brain, but she was right. And it was one of the reasons that I was able to give myself more time to create a strategy that would allow me to consistently reach my minimum baseline revenue, which I talk more about in that profitable pricing framework training too before leaving my day job to take my business full time. She's like, how can we create more value together instead of you claiming your time and me claiming that I need your time for this position and us parting our separate ways, right? So being a creator instead of a claimer is how you operate your web design business from an investment mindset and leading potential clients through the decision to work with you from the viewpoint of a creator rather than a claimer is the exact transformation we walk our Web Designer Academy students through. To go from dreading pricing conversations to asking the right questions to confidently present collaborative, empowering options to clients that create more value for both sides and empower clients to make a choice that works for them. So if you are ready to transform what you think about how much you can charge and confidently raise your prices and work with dreamy, investment-minded creator clients, then I want to invite you to apply to work with us inside the Web Designer Academy. Simply go to webdesigneracademy.com, click on that big apply to work with us button, tell us where you're at now, where you'd like to be. And if we think our strategies are a good fit for your goals, we will invite you to learn more about our proprietary pricing frameworks and hear directly from our students on how we empower them to create 10K revenue months and beyond. Zero pressure, zero obligation. We teach and live the exact opposite of pushy and salesy. So filling out that application is simply a chance for you to find out what opportunities we see for you and your web design business and get all of the information if you need to decide if working together is right for you. So I can't wait to see your application and I'll see you next week. That's it for this week's episode. And we've linked up all of the resources we talked about today in the show notes. So you can go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash podcast to get your hands on those. And we'll be back next week with another episode designed to help you uplevel the business side of your web design business. 
So be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. And if you liked today's episode, we would be so grateful if you would share it with all your web designer friends. And if you're feeling extra generous, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review so we can get in front of even more web designers and help them transform their businesses and their lives. So simply scroll up on this episode in your podcast player and tap that leave a review link or go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash review and it'll take you to the right spot. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you right here next week. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.